You're listening to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm a wife, mother of three, and the creator of the blog, Winging It on the Homestead, where I help modern mothers incorporate simple living and self-sufficiency skills and knowledge into their busy lives. My goal is to help you refocus your life towards what really matters, your family, as well as boost your confidence so you can start being more self-reliant and decrease your dependence on stores and commercial products. Join me as I share with you my appreciation for creating a homemade and homegrown life through gardening, food preservation, cooking from scratch, making your own products, all while keeping it all practical, intentional, and realistic. Hi guys, welcome back to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. I am really excited today because I have a special guest. Her name is Sarah with Wellfolk Revival, and she is going to speak with us about homesteading, her experiences in homesteading, how it works for her family. She also does um, homestead classes, so we're going to be talking about that. She's got a lot of good knowledge to share with us today. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's always fun talking to fellow homesteaders and, um, and those that are just curious yes. to know more about the lifestyle. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, watch for a while before they get the confidence and courage to get started. So, um, so tell me a little bit about yourself, your homestead, your businesses, um, whatever else you want to share with us. Yeah. Um, well, first I'm a wife and a mother. That's always first and foremost. And, um, and we homeschool, so that's new to us. We are home, home, this is our second year homeschooling. Um, prior to that, I was an elementary ed teacher for nine years, and when our second daughter was born. We decided I would stay home. I always wanted to have a farm. I always wanted to have children and um, a garden and chickens and animals, and um, that's just always been my dream. But growing up, I was always taught you go to college, you get an education. My grandmother would always say. Um, no one can ever take your education away from you. So I went to school to be a teacher. Um, I loved children. I loved learning and um, became an elementary ed teacher. But still, I just longed. Like when I got, when we got married, my husband and I got married, um, I was teaching first grade and I left with kindergarten. <laughs> I left on a bang. <laughs> yeah. I said I would never teach kindergarten, but always say never say never. Yeah. Um, and I was a reading coach and uh yeah, all the things. And I just felt like every day I dropped my daughter off at childcare or with my mother-in-law, with my mom. And I just dreamed of our homestead. I just dreamt of, you know, being in my kitchen, being in my garden. And that's where I wanted to be. And so when our second daughter was born, um, we decided I would stay at home. And, um, and then our third daughter was born. And that's when we started, that's when we started our young living business. Uh, that was seven years ago. So that was our first business we started. That's still running strong. Um, and then five years later, um, we started Wellfolk Revival, which is kind of like the umbrella of our homestead classes um, and then our oils business. Cause I find that it all goes together and then health coaching too. So <laughs> I feel like it's a long story of like how that all evolved, but that's just where we're at now. And, um, in between there, we left our homestead where we were renting, we were renting from, it was my husband's grandfather's property. Um, he had passed away and the farm got sold and no one in the family wanted it. And then the house became available for rent. And we just ended up like, I don't think there's any accidents. I think it's just, you know, um, divine, you know, appointments and, 
we ended up living there for five years, renting the land, and um, we had the run of the place. And then after that, we longed for our our own place, and we found a little three three and a half acre property. I shouldn't say little; it's big enough for us, and we max it out and um, has everything we need um, to homeschool, homestead, do our businesses, and um, that's where we are now. So yeah, yeah, that's so great. Yeah, you're definitely speaking my language with um, just yearning for for more to stay home in your, your kitchen and your, your live off your land and everything. Definitely my experience as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you say you didn't live on a farm or anything. So, so it was just kind of a progression of learning things and, mm-hmm. and adding to your repertoire of skills and those kinds of things. So what you say? Yeah. I mean, we, in a sense, it was a farm because it was, oh gosh, maybe two or three acres. I always say five. I don't know why I say five, but it was a dead end road. Um, and there was a Creek that went all the way around our property and our, um, our landlord, the, the gentleman that we rented from had sheep. Um, he had pastures. He allowed us to have chickens and, uh, we kept our horses there for a short period of time. Um, but we had gardens. He allowed us just to till up <laughs> his yard and we had gardens and, we tilled up our backyard and my husband wanted to till up the front yard, like not the whole yard, but just like a large area. And I was like, you are not tilling up the front yard. And one day I came home and it was tilled up and he planted sunflowers for me. And I was like, okay, how can I be mad at you? Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it wasn't a farm per se, but we made it a farm and that's where we learned. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say guided or inspired you? Was it just your love for learning or the food aspect of it? Or was there anything else? Yeah. So um, growing up, I've always been intrigued with gardening. Like I had some family members that gardened and I always loved like just going and visiting them and, and seeing their garden. And my dad allowed me have a, to have a little plot, of, you know, just a little tiny garden in our backyard when I was like, 17, 18, I know I was like commuting to college and um, started a little garden. And then when my husband and I got married, um, he, his grandfather was an organic farmer where we actually lived uh, for those five, first five years. He was an organic farmer here in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And that was really uh, unheard of. I guess he was one of the first, you know, pioneers, but he, he tried the conventional farming and it just didn't, he didn't feel well with all the sprays. And so he decided to go the organic route. And so my husband was like five years old driving the tractor and, and has just all that experience working with his grandfather. And so when we got married and we were living on his land and I don't know, we were just, we were old. <laughs> we were older. I was 27. He was 28, but we were just like two little kids and we watched the movie food Inc. Have you ever seen food Inc? Yeah. Um, it's one of the like first documentaries, um, about how food was grown. And that's like our first introduction to, to Joel Salatin. And we're like, let's start a garden. And we just dove in and we did it with pure joy and just the fun of learning and, and diving in. And there was no pressure because it was just fun. Yeah. And so once you start something like wherever you're starting, is it a garden? You're going to be like, okay. And cause when you, when you, you know, make your own tomato sauce or you pull in your first batch of green beans and you put it on your plate and you're like, I grew that. Mm-hmm. Hey, or like, and then you raise chicken and you're like, 
those beans are ours. The chicken's ours. What else can we do? Like, that's always the next question. That's I guarantee you that's like, what else can we do? And it's just, you go down this rabbit hole. And then you're also learning at the same time, you know, what is actually being done to our food? Um, and, and what's being sprayed on it? What's, you know, is it even food, (laughs) you know, what's on the shelves. And so it just drives you down to that, that path of self-sufficiency for multiple reasons, I guess, you know, wanting to know where your food's coming from and the pure joy of knowing that your hands, like you did it, you raised that food and there's just nothing more exciting. And so I think um, for the homesteaders that are out there that are like, oh my word, I need to do this, that urgency, there is a sense of urgency, but I kind of want you to cast that off because that urgency could make it feel daunting or when you feel stressed or you feel rushed, it's never a good feeling. I want you to cast that off mm-hmm. and I want you to do it with pure joy. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me cheer up like, <laughs> yeah. because like this, this life should be so incredibly fun and, and we should just be enjoying all of it. Like it shouldn't be for fear of not having food on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that is a good reason, but it should just, you should want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I like to look at it. I completely agree. And I love how you, you word that. And I like to look at it like, um, you're doing all this, not necessarily out of food, but or out of fear, but out of like resilience, like, and that is yeah. so it's the whole thing is just so empowering, you know, that mm-hmm. not only that you're able to do this, but you know, you can learn how to do something else, or you know, that you're, um, you know, resilient enough to yeah. figure something out and just the confidence that comes along with all of it is mm-hmm really great too. And then yeah. passing it on to your kids and everything. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. That is like, I think that is probably one of the most rewarding things ever. Yeah. Um, because when they were little, you know, our firstborn was, you know, <laughs> we dove in, <laughs> we started a garden, chickens, pigs, um, a beef cow, um, like everything. And then I got pregnant. And so we were like, just swimming in all of this. But I, the one thing I remember is we had, um, grace, she's 13 now we had her in March. And I remember my husband being out tilling the garden. That's when we tilled. We don't really, we till a little bit, but we do more of a no, no dig method. Um, but he was telling, he was getting the garden ready and it was a warm, so warm. And we brought her home and I was like, I want to be out there. And that was really hard for me to make that transition of now motherhood and this juggle of, and and it was, we really just did a lot of, um, uh, tag teaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're older and they really just do run the farm. <laughs> they, yeah. and, and they're, my oldest loves to can and she loves to milk the cow and take care of her. And I'm like, wow. So all that time, if you are a young mother, young family starting out, I know it's really hard raising the babies and ha- like planting a garden and, and, and doing all the things as they're little, it takes longer but your time's going to be multiplied in just a few short years because they are all going to be able to help. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. And I said that just the other, other day, I have a five-year-old, four-year-old, two-year-old, and now a four-month-old and getting them all outside to just tend to the chickens is like, takes an hour longer than it needs to. And so it's so tempting to just be like, I'm going to go do it. But in even a year, they'll be able to do it themselves. So yeah, I agree with you. There's so many benefits to it. 
Yeah. Good job. Good job. Way to go. <laughs> Getting them all dressed. And you're on, you're on the East coast, right? Yeah. So where Maryland. are you? Maryland. Yes. Oh, okay. You're not too far from me then. Okay. okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Lancaster, so that's not far. No. Not far. <laughs> no. Cool. cool. Um, so yeah, right now we're definitely getting, um, teased with spring and I'm just like, our gardens yeah. are ready. It's just, yeah. I know. I am. Yeah. We had all that, um, that hope of spring like early. And then yeah. yesterday, I don't know if what you guys got, but we had snow like squalls, yes. like crazy. I was like, where is spring? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't quite have snow, but we had a, about of like hail or something. And yeah, it, yeah it's hopefully it'll warm up soon. Cause that was teasing, was. teasing us, but <laughs> So, um, I really love your Instagram. So, and I would love, you know, my audience to go and check you out. Cause you, the content you share is so helpful, so inspiring, so uplifting. And I just, I just love it. And you share a lot about how you serve your community by teaching homesteading classes. Could you tell us a little bit about that and like what topics do you cover, how that's organized and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess going back to what my grandmother always said, no one can ever take your education. <laughs> Once you have it, um, no matter what your education is, hopefully you can use it in some way. And so even just a, a tiny piece of it. Um, so I found that I love teaching, but I didn't like what I had to teach. <laughs> I wanted to teach the children to their needs and to what they, you know, their gifts and their personalities. And I felt really tied that I couldn't do that as a public school teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I find that I'm teaching now, teaching adults, and I still love to have children on the farm too, as well, when we have farm days. Um, I have older children that come to you with their parents to learn certain classes, but I'm um, just taking that love of teaching and then using it, you know, we have three and a half acres here. And so it's like, do we raise food for people? but we don't have enough acreage to do that. And I felt in my heart and even my husband feels the same way that why not teach people how to do this? And so five years ago, um, we renovated our garage because our, our big audacious goal is to renovate our barn. And that's in the plans for 2023. Um, mm -hmm. Cause it's the first thing I saw when we walked under this property was like the big windows and canning classes and cooking classes. Um, and there was nothing like that at that time. I feel like the industry has definitely exploded and now there's definitely a need um, for it because people really are craving learning. Like I just had a seed starting class on Saturday, last Saturday. And that's always our, it's our annual seed starting class. It is free to the community, but I had people that came from New Jersey and one woman oh. came up for Virginia and she's like, this is the first time I planted a seed. And I was like, you came from Virginia to plant wow. a seed? Um, but I think it's just people are craving the community and yeah. uh, and they'll travel for it. So so I started around the dining room table because people always ask, how did you get started? Because there are people that want to do this in their own communities. I'm like, go oh, do you like just do it if you have that desire to teach um, at a, like out of your heart, like you just want to teach people what you know, then do it. Um, you don't need any any fancy building, anything. Just do it around the dining room table. So dining room table. I taught a cheese making class to some friends mm -hmm. and, um, and then just started having some other classes here and there, like, you know, oil remedy classes and we could talk more freely about actually what they did for our body. Um, and, and I always felt like we were just kind of rushing supper and then doing the classes and everyone had to leave. So we renovated our garage and now that's the classroom and we teach 
a lot of sourdough classes, a yeah. lot of sourdough, because that's just like, people want to know sourdough. So it's not necessarily, I would say a homestead skill. I would say it's a homestead prep skill because you can start where, wherever you are. You don't have to be like the woman that came from Virginia. She was living in an apartment and she's like, I want to learn this now because we're going to buy a, a chunk of land. I don't know when, but we're going to buy a chunk of land and we're going to homestead and I need to start learning. So you can start learning in your kitchen in your apartment kitchen, yeah. and you can learn homesteading uh, prep skills like how to make sourdough bread, how to ferment, how to can. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really what we do, canning classes um, mm -hmm. and fermenting classes. So now all those things are gonna start picking up in the summer um, and medicinal, medicinal herbs. Um, Cause that's something new to me, but I find that like, let's learn it together. Um, yeah, yeah. So. that's really cool. And I, I feel my, my own um, wheels turning, like just the inspiration of like, well, what's needed in my community, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. even just among family and friends to get started, you know, cause when you're into this, like so many of us are, we think everyone else knows it, or we just assume that it's, you know, but there's so many people that are, especially right now, just wanting to know how to do this stuff or where even just get started. Yeah. And I will, yeah, let's, let's play on that because, um, at our seed starting class, I just thought, you know, people know how to plant seeds. Like yeah. you take a seed and you put it in the soil and and they don't, and that's okay if you don't. Um, and honestly, I only learned how to read a seed packet, like just mm -hmm. <laughs> last year. Yeah. I'm just always like, Oh, let's just throw it in the, throw uh, it in the ground, yeah, throw it in the, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if it doesn't come up, I'll plant another one. But, mm -hmm. um, there, there is a population of people that just, I feel like they want to know and research everything before they do it. And so even just teaching someone how to plant a seed, you know, going back to just the very, very, very foundational things, um, that you and I have learned right mm -hmm. over the years. And, and we maybe have forgotten that, that very foundational feeling, that basic principle, um, because it is so simple, right. Mm -hmm. But when you're starting, it's so monumental because it's like, how do I do this? I don't want to mess up. Um, but trust me, right. You're all going to mess up. We're all going to mess up. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mess yeah. up all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. So you had also mentioned medicinal gardening and that's kind of one of a recent post that I really liked of yours of how you're starting medicinal garden, or maybe it's your second year. I think maybe you had said, um, so what do you mean by that? What are you growing? Is that something that people should, should consider, um, to do? Yeah. So 2020, as, as much as we want to look back at that and be like, oh my word, that was such a year, right? And like after that, it's, been, it's just never been the same. But I look back at that time, even though there were so many, yeah, it was just a crazy year. Yep. <laughs> I look back at that time as blissful in a sense that everything shut down in March, but that was high growing season. Mm -hmm. And we were, everyone was home. I had my husband home. We were in the greenhouse planting something every day, dreaming. And that's when we started our medicinal herb garden because we were like, wow, what if we didn't have, you know, what if I couldn't get my oils? What if we couldn't get to a doctor? What if we needed to, you know, treat ourselves naturally? And we put in a medicinal herb garden. We call it our kitchen garden because I do have some like tomatoes and cucumbers, yeah. things that I can just come down and quick, quick grab because our main garden is up top, up a hill. <laughs> I mean, it's a workout to get your lettuce, um, yeah. to get your vegetables. But <laughs> so we just started, I don't know. I just went to this little herb shop that sells medicinal herbs. Um, mm -hmm. 
And I just started picking out everything. I had no clue what I was buying. I was just like, okay. They had little tags of like what it did. And I was like, all right, I'll take one of those. I'll take one of these. Mm -hmm. Um, I got ashwagandha thinking I would use ashwagandha. I guess it's good for adrenal support and um, hormones and stuff like the root. I mean, it died. And (laughs) so I was like, okay, I guess that's not really good to grow in my area. So I think other people may have luck with it. I don't know. I had three plants that died, but what did really well, um, was mother wart. Hmm. I had no clue what it was used for mother wart, um, lemon balm. I didn't know lemon balm was in the mint family and I planted like five plants and it is massive and taking over because mint Uh spreads lemon balm spreads. So that does really well, but those two, I didn't know what they did. (laughs) <laughs> but I have, I have books and I have a really good friend. She's a naturopath. And so she would come over and she's like, Oh, mother wart, mother calm, mother wart calms the mother. And I was like, Oh, I need that. <laughs> and so she taught me. So having mentors in your life, people that you can ask, um, belly to belly sitting down over tea. Yeah. There's the internet's great, but having people to talk to, is that your puppy? Um, and, and books and books to read, like, um, mm-hmm. the Foxfire books, okay. they're old, old, like Appalachia, um, <laughs> uh, wisdom. So those are, or thrifting any kind of medicinal herb books. Mm-hmm. We just have like really old medicinal herb books looking for that old ancient wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so lemon balm, motherwort. And then I just slowly learned to make tinctures and salves. And Mm -hmm. it's really, really easy. Like don't let that word tincture or salve, like make you cringe and feel like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. Um, it's really the, it's like tinctures is really just the act of taking your herbs. I mean, there is my nature path is like, you have to pick it on a full moon and then decant it on a new moon. And I'm like, okay. Um, but just do your best. So it's really yeah. the act of picking those herbs mm-hmm. and pouring vodka, a hundred proof vodka over it right. and letting it sit for six weeks. That's mm. it <laughs> or longer. Yeah. So that's a tincture. And I mean, yes, there's a little more science to it. If you want to pick when they're, you know, the, when the, when the, um, the herb is blooming, like the flowers are blooming or on a full moon, like those things, but yeah. you're still going to get the same properties out and may not be as, you know, as beneficial, but you're still going to get some of the properties. Um, what else am I growing? Rue. I haven't used that yet. Rue is really good for sleep. Um, bee balm. Bee balm is in like the oregano family. So it smells very similar to oregano. So it's great. We had, we all had the C word. Um, so I was taking tinctures of bee balm to help because it's antiviral. Okay. Um, yeah. And echinacea. I mean, everyone knows echinacea. I and mean, my mom grew echinacea in her garden just for the beautiful coneflower. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And she still has tons of it. And I'm like, mom, I might come pick some of your echinacea. She's like, no, you're not. And I was like, but it's, you have so much of it. Um, but echinacea leaves, we use the leaves and the flowers in tincture, but the most medicinal part of it is the root. And so some, you know, as you're planting a medicinal herb garden, a lot of these medicinals, um, the most beneficial part of it is in the root. And so you have to be patient and, um, give it some time, like three, three years, optimally four years and harvest 
some of the plants so you wow. can get the root but leave the rest you mm -hmm. know so that it's going to continue to grow yeah mm -hmm. wow but again, really I'm not an expert. And like I said, yeah, some of the things have died and I have no clue. What I'm, why do I have this in my garden? But it's nice to have it. And then if I have a friend that does come over, oh, that's that. And this is what you use it for. I'm like, okay, you know, learning just as you're going and again, having yeah. fun with it. That's awesome. That's so, that's so cool. I, I kind of, you know, work the same way. Like, I'm just like, let's just do it and figure it out later. We'll adjust and we'll pivot as we have to and figure it out. So that's really cool. And I like how you said that like, you have to be patient with some things. It's kind of just like the whole, it puts it all in perspective, how like this really is a lifestyle. It's slow food and slow medicine and, and being intentional with it. I mean, we're, we're in this convenience culture where we want everything fast. We want everything yesterday. We want to lose weight instantly. We want, instead of getting all to like the root of why we are the way we are, you know, we want to be fixed. Yeah. You know, we don't want to have to go through the work. We don't want to have to go through those slow periods, including myself, you know? Um, yeah. But I think this lifestyle definitely slows you down and really makes you appreciate what you have. And yeah. especially when you're sitting at the table um, and looking at your food and you're like, wow, this started last year, you know? Yeah. All of this. Right. And another thing that I like about this, look, this lifestyle is that we say intentional and it really is. And because we have convenience or we have the luxury of other options, which all these options are really what to me means freedom, right? To have options. We can choose, be more intentional with what we actually are putting our effort into. So like, if we don't want to have chickens or any kind of animals, let's say we can put our intention somewhere else, or we can choose, you know, so it allows you to be more purposeful, intentional, and put more effort towards what you really want to in life. Yeah. Cause if you just want to start an herb garden, go for it. You know, yeah. maybe you want to source your chickens from the farmer down the road or, you know, your mm -hmm. raw milk somewhere else, but oh, Maryland, you can't get raw milk, right? You have to come over the line. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, or yeah. just, yeah. making the, making trips to get, you know, your food in other States. I know some people travel what, you know, mm -hmm. a, a great distance just to stock up on food and then put it in the freezer and then do what you love to do, you know? Yeah. So it's not all or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So awesome. I love it. Um, so what are some of your homesteading goals for like this coming year since we're in spring yeah. and getting started? Yeah. Well, we have 50 little chicks in our kitchen yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Little uh, broilers for our okay. birds. That's not really new, but I think that's just, we're starting, we're going to do two batches this year because mm -hmm. the breed that we got last year really was wonderful. What uh, was that? We, I, we're going to try our hand okay. at meat chickens this year. So yes. Uh, we did a, they're called F color yield by okay. freedom, freedom ranger hatchery and freedom ranger is really local to us. They're only 30 minutes, but they ship okay. all over. They are a cross between the Cornish cross, those big, um, conventional white chickens that get mm -hmm. really big within six weeks. Yeah. And I call them the couch potato of chickens. Cause they're just <laughs> big and they just sit at their feeder and they seriously are not, Oh, they're just gross. <laughs> <laughs> they're gross. Yeah. And they break their legs really easy. Cause they get mm. big really fast, but yeah. they, they have a lot of meat on them. So freedom rangers are a natural bird. Like they're a heritage breed that they're a dual purpose. Um, but they, they have their wild instincts. And so they crossed them. And so a really nice bird where you have the freedom ranger that has the wild instincts. And then you have the Cornish cross that still get uh, nice and plump. And so yeah. they were a really pleasant bird and we didn't lose, I think we lost only two of them 
that's it. Um, And normally we lose a lot more than that with the Cornish cross. So color yield. Yep. And they will ship. Um, And we have a mini, a mini Jersey. She is about to calve in two weeks. We're calf watch. So that's new. That is something brand new that we're doing this year is Mm -hmm. having a dairy cow. And then the rest is not new. It's just, it's farm cleanup. It's um, this year. I feel like is the year to just, you have to take a year to just clean things up and projects that we started when we first moved in are sitting because they didn't work. You know, like our first chicken coop, it's still sitting. Like we have to burn it. Um, Mm -hmm. We have to paint the house, paint the chimney, um, just clean up, you know, our grapevines that we put in our first year, they're looking a little shabby. So we have to clean those up. So there are years where, you know, you just have to take that time to not start over, but refresh. And I think this is our refresh year. Do you usually do like a plan? How do you, how'd your planning process go? Is you usually plan like a couple years in advance or sounds like you have a nice balance between jumping in and planning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband says I need a, he calls it a sprouts journal. Cause I am a dreamer and I'm a yeah. like, just planner and he keeps me grounded and he's like, you need a sprouts journal. And so I write down everything that I feel like we should do on the homestead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I take him the Pinterest pictures and he's like, not now, <laughs> um, <laughs> or he'll be like, okay, maybe in two years, maybe in three years. But I have like a list right there in my office that I, we've checked off. And so, yeah, we'll do like a walk around in winter time, like on a warm winter day. And I'll be like, okay, that, you know, definitely needs to be worked on. This needs to be painted. Or I could see another garden here or, you know, and, and we dream in the winter time. Winter time is our dreaming time. Yeah. And so then we put like a plan to it and we, we just make a list. And if it's not urgent, then maybe it's like in two years or three years, but that's kind of what we do. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so any tips for someone starting with him sitting this year, but kind of feels overwhelmed with the amount of stuff and skills they got to learn. Start with what um, intrigues you the most, like what really captivates you and you're curious about because that I think, because there's so many ways to start. And if you're more fearful about something or you're feeling stuck, like I want you to find something that you are so curious about and just run with it and run with it with reckless abandon and abandon and, and with joy and, and fun, um, and do that one thing and do that one thing. Well, because if you have too many projects started (laughs) then nothing gets done well, very smart. I agree. Cool. Great. How about you, Stephanie? Have you, how long have you been homesteading, homestead well, prepping? We uh, have our, um, we've had our property for about seven years now. We put in a garden our first year. My mom and I did, um, had no clue what we were doing <laughs> and uh, overcrowded like crazy, but we actually had a okay year despite not knowing what we're doing. So we've kind of grown from there. I have chickens, you know, cook from scratch, all the kitchen, from, you know, preserving. We live in a pretty agriculturally dense area, so there's lots of local things that I can supplement if I need to, but I really like to do meat chickens. We have family that has a beef farm, so we have our beef covered, at least for right now, and um, so I'm just kind of trying to, what's the next step that I can do myself? We're looking for, hopefully, as our family is growing, we need like more space. I have two and a half acres here, but we're just slowly starting to grow out of it with four kids now, so. Yeah, I think, and if you're starting with like meat chickens, like start with a small batch because they're fast growing, you know? Yeah. Um, like 20, even like even 
12, just to get your hand, unless you're taking them somewhere to get butchered. I think butchering mm. is like raising meat birds are pretty easy, but yeah. it's the butchering so that can be. Yeah. So yeah, probably to get our feet wet with like a 12. Yeah. Unless you can um, it just dive in and invest in a chicken plucker. Yeah. It makes it so easy. I've heard, I've heard that. So yeah. mm-hmm. we might go this first round, see how it goes and then invest in one. If it's something we'll do for it, which we probably yeah. will, because I yeah. really I want to be as, you know, sufficient. And I don't necessarily think that we're going to be completely self-sufficient. I think it's kind of important to be like community sufficient mm-hmm. in a way. So that's kind of like, I love the way that you talk about like teaching your community and stuff, you know, <laughs> and yeah, all of that. Yeah. So, yeah and I think, you know, there's so many things online. So like I do have an online sourdough course and an online mm-hmm. fermenting course, but I feel like I don't promote those as much because I just think community, like we can be behind computers all day yeah. and it's, it's safe. It's a safe space to be combined behind computers. Yep. But when you get out and you get with other people and the conversation that happens within a group of people that are just learning or already doing some of the things, it's just amazing. Like, yeah, I love to hear it. And I love to, for new people to meet each other and connect. Um, and so that's really what it's about. Just bringing people around the table. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm really considering doing this, even if it's just for family and friends this year, just doing like a start your garden thing. Cause I do, I do like some teaching online and stuff, but like just the community base, it would be really cool. Yeah, you should, you should. All right. Well, I'm inspired. So, <laughs> awesome. um, and I'm sure my audience will be too. So how can they find you? I feel like I'm mostly on Instagram these days. Yeah. Um, so well folk revival on Instagram. And then we have been putting out some YouTube videos here and there. I'm um, trying to, trying to do a little bit more lifestyle YouTube because you can only do so much on Instagram. Um, yeah. And so I know my girls love to watch other homesteaders. So it's just fun to create mm-hmm. more homestead videos. So we're on YouTube as well. Well folk revival. Um, and then on my website is where you can find all my classes, whether it's um, folk school classes or online classes too at wellfolkrevival.com. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for um, joining me. Uh, this was such a fun conversation. Yeah, I enjoyed Yeah, conversing with you. And you're so close. You're in Maryland. So yes. maybe one day we could meet um, up. I'll, and I'll have to see where your classes are. Maybe I'll sign up. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah we have we have friends that come from Maryland or if you ever yeah. want to like do a class together. That would be fun. So awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And yes. it was wonderful just talking homestead stuff yeah. with another like-minded person. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. If you have not already signed up to grab my free ebook, you can go to www.yourdreamgardenguide.com. This garden guide has everything you need to get started growing your own vegetable garden this year. As always, if you have any questions, want gardening advice, or have topic suggestions for the podcast, please email me at info at wingingitonthehomestead.com.